Welcome to episode 10 of the Sports Therapy Podcast. Today we get into a deep discussion about YouTube and what it takes to make it on the platform. With every passing day, each of our channels inch a little bit closer to the ultimate 1 million subscribers. But at the end of the day, do we really care? We also get into expectations of the Bengals and Browns here at the halfway point of the NFL season. And I actually throw logic completely out of the window for a moment and allow my inner fan to make a pretty damn bold prediction. Eventually, the conversation shifts to KTO's attempt to beat his high school track time. It's a topic that's extremely interesting to me and I think it'll be interesting to a lot of you guys as well. So I made sure to keep asking questions in order to keep him on the subject for a while. And fortunately, we learn a good bit about the process. As always, if you're watching on YouTube, timestamps are in the description, so you can skip to whatever section you like. With that said, we want to give a huge shout out to the Sports Therapy fam who watch and or listen to the full episode. Appreciate the love, as always. Anyways, that's enough of the intro. It's time to jump in. What's up with you, man? Bruh, I just got back from, uh, I went to Biloxi Saturday, Biloxi, Mississippi of all places. Went out there to a MMA fight. Um, a friend of mine was in, he won. Oh yeah? Which was dope, which was dope. yeah. And, that is uh, dope. Yeah. And then yesterday I drove to, I drove from Biloxi, Mississippi to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and I watched the game with all my homeboys that I haven't seen really since the pandemic started. And then, you know, we drank, watched the game and talked a whole lot of shit. And then I drove back this morning. So, you know what I'm saying? So I could be here in time. God damn it. I'm ready to go. I What's appreciate that. that. <laughs> yeah, man. It's been cool, man. I, Because last week, you know, I talked about all that stuff I got off my chest. Yeah. And I decided to make some, like, kind of changes just because I was, like, not living. You know what I mean? Like, I was doing a lot of things, but I wasn't living. Like, I wasn't actually yeah. experiencing enough life. For sure. So I got myself outside more, and I went and did things I wanted to do. Like, I spent a lot of time golfing last week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I went on my birthday. I decided to go get a lesson because I'm like, my ego gets to me because I'm like, oh, I'll just figure this out on my own. I'll just figure it out. And I would go play and I'd never get better. And I get so frustrated. Yeah. So I actually got a lesson, instantly helped. And then I was just having so much fun. I was going every day. And so that's how I was starting all my days. I'd get up at like six o'clock and I'd already be like ready to go because I was just like living with purpose, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I figured out it's like, it always goes back to what's your why? Like, why are you living? Like, what? why are you doing the things that you do? Why, why would I continue to make videos if all I'm doing is making the next video? For sure. If you're just living like that, like that's how I get to. And then it is too, it's too stressful because then the only thing that you get joy from is like the numbers like we've talked about. Yeah. So, yeah, I just, I've just been going like the last week. Like I just kind of establishing more of like a foundation of, living behind the passion you know man i've been i've been reading stuff on like passion versus purpose and you know the mixture of them or purpose versus yeah. passion whatever and i don't know just kind of pondering on it and like i guess kind of the conclusion i came to is like passion because i'm looking at it like okay how important is passion is it like everything or is it like close to, you know what I'm saying? But I feel like the purpose is probably the most important and then passion. You feel me? Like you need purpose, passion, and then like creativity to figure out mm-hmm. how to actually get into your purpose and your passion while also making a living and being a 
you know, a functioning member of society. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I think I agree. I, you don't, you can't really have passion without purpose. Like if there's no purpose at all, how do you get passion from nothing? Like it's just, it'll fizzle out. And I do that all the time. Like I will be like, oh, I go golf and I'm like, I'm going to make a run for the PGA tour because that's the way I think. Cause it's like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be the best that's ever done it. Mm-hmm. So as soon as I, I go play one round of golf with my friends and I'm like sold. And so then that's my mindset every time I go play. And when I'm not playing well, I'm like pissed. I'm like, how am I going to ever make it like yeah. doing this? Like I'm not playing well enough, but it's stupid because I've not put any, like that's not my purpose. Like I've, I haven't built a foundation of me working towards that in the right way. So it's like to have this fake passion, almost trying to fuel it by just like working hard and playing a bunch. Like, it doesn't mm-hmm. work. And that's kind of a, it's a silly example, but the way I live my life is it's like, Hey, I was good at sports growing up. I loved sports growing up. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my life is going to revolve around. That's like what I'm doing. I don't work a job to sustain a living. I do things I want to do and it's worked so far. You know what I mean? Like I'm making a living doing something I wanted to do growing up, which is YouTube. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about sports. Yeah. Well, that's just like the route that I was like selected, like life selected me almost like I just fell into it, into this like sports rabbit hole that I have just gone after and just like not looked back. Like I'm not questioning it. Like there's my purpose has it's somewhere in this area. It's like yeah. I'm making a difference somehow. I don't know what it is, but I'm I feel like I'm making a difference. And so that purpose alone is like it keeps me going. Even when I'm like, I do not want to do this. Yeah. Like this sucks. Yeah. But then it's like that comes in and then it's it changes and then I can re re uh, calibrate, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and I know you've, you've felt the same way about that kind of thing with, cause you know, you've gone like, what's next, what's next, what's next. Cause the way you've always told me when you're working, it's like, okay, you got to the, like you got NCAA working and then you kind of transitioned and then that started working and then you got good at like what you do now. And then you kind of went, well, what's next? Yeah. And I kind of, I remember us kind of going back and forth, like, oh, what if like from my like big time thinking, it's like, what if we go like big time, like Netflix series, Hulu, we're on everything, we're on TV, and it's like... Yeah, we pursued that for about a week. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's the dream. Yeah. The the problem is, I let my scope go out into like the stratosphere, mm-hmm. and I'll go like, okay, I make one video, it does well, could I go and be the leading producer on Sunday Night Football? That's like where my mind goes. And I go, okay, what's it going to take to go get that? Yeah. And when I realize that so many of the steps to take are not what I want to do, like what I truly want to do, then it's like, I'm not going to, I don't want that. Yeah. So with YouTube, like a lot of people will go like, so when are you going to try to get on TV? Like, what's the next step? Like what? It's like, no, I grew up wanting to make a YouTube channel that like was something I wanted to talk about that I did that no one was telling me what to do. And I could do it when I wanted yeah. on my time. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm doing. So if I could capitalize more by hiring out and making it more like, like we've talked about it privately, but just like other channels that are more of like, there's like a bunch of people just kind of like getting out ideas. Like they're doing a, few, a video every few days. And yeah. yeah. It's a factory, a YouTube factory of yeah. like, there's not a lot of passion yeah, behind the videos. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I could probably make more money doing that, but I will, I will just like, I won't care. Right. KTO would mean nothing to me anymore. Right. Whereas KTO now means like this is something I've built purely off of me. No one else has influenced it other than like maybe someone said ideas here and there and it sparked things. But mm-hmm. that's that's my baby. And I love it like that. I love it being able to like morph it and change it the way I want it to be. Yeah. So 
I've struggled with that because I didn't grow up, you know, wanting to be a YouTuber, like, because it wasn't yeah. a thing. And then, like, when I got here, like you talked about, came in, doing gaming, wanted to elevate a bit, elevated a bit, then I wanted to try to get the best at, you know, just get the most out of the type of videos I'm doing now. And if you go back and look at my first What Happened To video versus the last one, a huge difference just in even though it's the same yeah. content it's leveled up quite a bit and i've wondered bro like because i i just struggle with this bro where do i want to stop at it you know what i'm saying like do yeah. i want to give a shot at like having like an espn show or being on netflix do i do i even yeah. want that you know what i'm saying or do i just want to stay on youtube but if i just stay on youtube and don't even pursue those other things or don't like explore them like, will I regret, you know what I'm saying? In 10 yeah. years, will I look back and say, you know, maybe I didn't make the most of it. You know what I'm saying? Matter of fact, bro, I dropped, uh, when I dropped my EP, I think uh, 2019, last year, um, the song I dropped off there was um, was called Strangers. Like, I'm in danger, riding with a stranger. I don't know myself, my ambition's that he changing. And like, that, I was dealing with it so hard at that point, cause I'm like, I don't know what the hell I want. And it, it threw me off. Because ever since I decided I wanted to be a YouTuber five, six years ago, that's all I, I put all my energy into it, yeah. right? Everything I had. And then like once I got here, I was like, well, damn, you know what I'm saying? Like part of the thing that has made me successful is knowing exactly what I want and not taking no for an answer through the adpocalypse, through stuff yeah. not working, through all of that, you know what I'm saying? Through having to start back at zero, through having two copyright strikes and damn near losing my channel, through all of that, like I never lost sight of what I wanted. But then yeah. like once I achieved it, it kind of left me in this space where like, I don't know, like am I being, I ask myself sometimes like, am I being like complacent, chilling, and just trying to level up what I'm doing here? Or should yeah. I be trying to write? Like do do some writing and some more creative stuff like that, creating stories on um <clears throat> like in different forms. You know what I'm saying? Should I be doing yeah. more stuff? And I have no idea. Like I do not know <laughs> which way is the right way to go, bro. But I think about it a lot and it's I don't know. You got any thoughts on it? That's exactly where I'm at right now, man. Yeah. It's I am exploring so many random avenues. Like my mom's <laughs> really into art. Mm -hmm. And she always grew up like painting and drawing and she's really good because I was lazy slash like impatient. I was never good at it. Mm -hmm. But the thing is like, what's good? I think things are, can be skills. Some people are better than others, but if you just learn how to do it, just like editing, you can get great at things. So I've explored different avenues. Like I've tried to paint, like I've tried to go like golf. I picked that up last year Yeah, and it's things that I've, at one point in time, I would have been like, I'm never doing that. But I'm at least exploring it now to where like, I'm going to try to put enough time into it where I see whether or not it's something I want to do. Yeah. So looking at YouTube, it's like, okay, I've achieved a lot of the goals I set out for. Mm -hmm. So one of the things is people are like, oh, you're going to get that million subs, man. It's going to be crazy when you get there. Yeah. And I sit here and go like, you know, I will tell people how much I want it, but I don't even know how much I care at this Dude, point. I feel the exact same way. Like, it's I don't weird. really care. And yeah, it's, it's, it's strange. Like, I think I'll be happy when I get there, though. Like, I think it'll yeah, feel agreed. good, but it's not like something that drives me. You feel me? Yeah. I don't think about it at you all. You think ever. about the numbers when you're not making it. For sure. But once you've made it and you're doing well financially and you know every video is going to do pretty well. Yeah. All of a sudden you're like, this doesn't even mean anything. It's just like 
numbers that you see on a screen. It's like you're playing GTA and you see your money cash stack. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter if it says 10 million or 50 million or 500,000. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Because you can still buy the things that you need. Yeah. It's because in the beginning, like the subscriber count represents something. In the beginning, you want to be a YouTuber. And you, whatever number you got in your head. So for me, I think it was like 30,000. I was like, if I'm at 30,000 subscribers, then I know I can make a living from this. So that meant everything to me. And then once I hit 30,000, every 10,000 after that, 40, 50, 60, all the way up to 100 means like everything. You know, you hit 100 and then you don't care anymore until maybe 200. And then after 200, you don't care anymore until maybe 500. You know what I'm saying? So there's these little milestones for me anyway. I don't know if you feel the same way or experience that. Uh, But for me, that's just kind of how it is. And then once you cross over 500, I guess a million is the next milestone, but it's not going to change your life in any significant way. And you know that now because you can hit so many milestones. Now you know. Like my life is going to pretty much be the exact same with 600,000 as it's going to be with a million. Like it's not changing much at all. So it's just not that significant. It's just a number. Yeah, I'm going to tell a story really quick because it's funny because me and my brother talk about it all the time. So my brother was like the first person who ever saw my very first video. Mm -hmm. I was like, hey, I'm trying to make this video. I'm, You know what Mike Corzemba does. I'm going to try to do something like that with football. I just want you to give your thoughts on it. And he watched it and he was like, holy crap, this is actually really good. Like, I think this could work. And I remember I posted it. And then, you know, all of a sudden it got quick traction and the sub started going up. Yeah. And I called my brother and I was like, Isaac, you will not believe this. I hit 100 subs. Yeah. 100 subscribers. And I was like running around the house up and like jumping for joy. Like it was like a week long of like, I felt amazing because I got 100 subs. Yeah. Now, flash forward less than a year, I hit 100,000. But the thing was, I was happier when I hit 100 subs. Then when I hit 100,000, because as soon as I hit 100 subs, I knew I was going to make it. Exactly. I knew it. Right. I knew it. And I, there's nothing that can take. I can be getting chills right now because it was like that moment when I went, it's going to be real. It's it's happening. And yeah. so when I hit 100,000, I'm like, I feel like I should be happier. But it's like I I knew this day was coming. Yeah. So it's not providing me the joy that because it's just a number. Yeah. I thought the plaque would mean more. And I do appreciate like having the plaque. It makes me feel it's like. It's nice to have that award. I'm learning something right now. But at the end of the day, it's like that award could get thrown in the, like I could lose it. And I'd be like, okay, I'm still KTO. I still made these videos and hundreds of millions of people saw them. So it's yeah. like, okay, I'm not tripping. Like I, that's what I am. I just learned that make, hitting a hundred thousand meant way more to me than it meant to you. And I know why too. You know why too. Yeah. Cause it took me way longer. You know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? It took me, damn, I don't even know how long. Two years, maybe three, two and a half. Yeah. I don't know. But you hit it in a year. Yeah. And like, so you dropped, how many videos would you say you made before you hit 10,000 subscribers? Like, that's a tough question. Can't remember? It's, it's not that many. Like, cause I, I was making a video like once a, every 10 days ish. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's not a bad schedule. And it was probably took me five, six months to hit 10K. Yeah. So do the math on that. I don't even know what that is. Yeah. Like I still don't, if you looked at my channel, I still don't even have that many videos. Let like me you have it, over. A th- let me put it yeah, like this. It took me a year to hit 5,000. And the yeah. crazy thing is I never stopped growing. So it wasn't like 
you know, some channels like you just post and you post and nothing happened, nothing happened, yeah. nothing. And then one day, boom. It was never like that. It was like constant growth, but it was slow as hell, bro. Like it was, it was just creeping, you know what I'm saying? But I mean, it felt good to me. I wasn't tripping and like I wouldn't change it. But it's just one of those things that I noticed. Like I feel like a lot of people I talk to, like those first, something hits like in the first couple of videos and God damn it. Did not have that. I'm kind of mad. <laughs> like, I have no video just pop off like early yeah. on. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, it was steady and like my base was strong and it just kept kind of pushing and I just kept going and you know, eventually it got there. You know what the, I'm saying? The, the thing is like, yeah, it only took me a year on that channel, but I had so many failed channels. I forgot about so that. So I had a channel that I worked on for three years and I had like <laughs> 27 subs. You know what I mean? Dang, like, every video got tough. like, 60 views or less and a lot of the time it was just me you put into that in the three years uh almost a hundred a hundred videos that's yeah. tough well you got more vids than subs that's yeah tough. but the thing was i was going i was in high school at the time and it was one of those things where i'm like doing it and it, as long as it impresses someone that i know like one of my friends goes like hey, i saw your video that was enough at the time and i know there's a lot of people there's a lot of people who's probably watching this who don't have that many subscribers or they don't do well views wise. It's like, look, I was there for years. Sometimes you just got to either like if it's your dream to make it over just making the content, then you're like you're already in the wrong place. Like if you're just more worried about making it than it is loving the content you make, like you're already failing, in my opinion. And then if you really do want to make it and you love what you're doing, it's like you got to recalibrate and realize like, OK, is what I'm doing, is it not original enough? Is the field I'm in like just oversaturated? Like someone who, if you try to start a football storytelling channel now, it's much harder to make it than when we did it because it was original at the time. It was original when we got into it. Now it's not as original. And basketball is a good example of a, a field that everyone got into. And now there's dozens of channels that make the same type of video. Like you couldn't, you would click on a video and be like, oh yeah, one of those basketball YouTubers. Cause it's all the same. And th that's, that's just how it goes. So it's like YouTube evolves, everything changes. Like you, you know, with like NCAA, it's like starts with this type of content in 2012. And then by the 2015, it's pack opening videos. And then by 2018, it's like IRL or whatever. Like it's, yeah. I watched it the same evolves. thing happen with Call of Duty. I watched yep. the same thing happen with 2K. Um, you know, so we've seen it. You know, it yeah. just it kind of just going in cycles, man. But yeah. I mean, if you if you're like trying to come up on YouTube, bro, like the biggest thing is, and you're gonna learn this, you you really gotta be a, a creative person in the sense yeah. that you gotta be able to problem solve. Like if you could problem solve, bro, you could figure it out. Cause if your first 10 videos don't work and you could problem solve, you'll be able to Look at your comments, look at your analytics, look at this, look at that, you know what I'm saying? And you'll be able to keep kind of tweaking and tweaking and tweaking. Okay, this worked, this didn't. This worked, this didn't. And like yeah. all of that tinkering and figuring, that's what I did. That's why it took me hella long, but like I learned a lot of skills like throughout that time. And by the, eventually I took out enough stuff that didn't work and put in enough stuff that did work that, you know, the channel star having some success. So yep. that's really what it comes down to. Yeah, man. And it's easy to look back now and be like, it wasn't even that hard. 
but it was a skill set based on like a decade of watching YouTube and seeing what worked and yeah. knowing like, oh, that's doing like, oh, this guy's doing well. Or, oh man, I see why this guy's doing well too. It's like, you see the combination of thumbnail, title, and then the video itself. Yeah. Those three things. And you see what works and you'll, you, everyone knows the channels where it's like the same thing. They're talking like they're still in 2011 doing Call of Duty videos. Yeah. And it's like some people don't evolve and then they flatline. And that's just what happens, man. You, you got to be able to evolve. And that's something I struggle with too. You know, I, I think it's easier to be on camera because we're just talking. But when I'm trying to make my videos, I'm trying to th figure out ways to evolve. Yeah. And one of them's like, oh, maybe if I get on camera more, like it'll enhance the content, make it more relatable. But the problem is the way I write it and the way like, I do my videos, it's more about like the scene itself. So me coming on camera almost is like a pointless thing happening. Really like I'm not adding insightful input right. from my personal perspective. I'm just telling the story continuously and yeah. then it goes back into it. And it's kind of like, it doesn't really fit. So where do I, do I change that? I don't know if I want to. I don't know if I want to be opinionated. I kind of like, I like the idea of like being on here and saying more opinions and then my videos being like this pure just story that's like, I'm, I'm not influencing it too much. It's my perspective, but I'm not super opinionated on everything I talk about. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the struggle right now. In my opinion, I um I tend to agree with you. If you feel, if you can't find a way that you feel like is adding to the content to be on camera, then it, it just wouldn't make sense in that point. Because like the yeah. videos are a one as hell already. So it's like, you know, we all want to add stuff and like we might try something for like a trial period. Like I've been doing like the dual camera thing, trying that out, and I feel like in some videos it works, but it's really all in how I write it. So I got to make yeah. sure, you know, I just been kind of experimenting with it because I'm about to move in maybe a couple months and then I'm going to really change everything and set it up like on more of a permanent basis. But just as a, a trial and error, bro. But I think it's good that you even want to, bro. As long as you want to evolve while you still, you doing well and you still want to evolve, yeah. you're going to always win. You know what I'm saying? Because you're always trying to get better. As long as you like that and you're not like complacent, that's when you're going to lose. That's when you become a 2011 call of duty channel in 2020 yeah. you know what i'm saying hey so <laughs> last thing i want to talk about related to youtube i get this all the time and i know you have too people are like hey why don't you make videos about all sports like yeah, why don't you talk about basketball about other things oh you were a sprinter talk about track and so i want to get your thoughts on like the future of your youtube channel and the possibility of that if it even is um i haven't given it a ton of thought recently but i mean it's the only reason the only reason I haven't done basketball is, well, it's two reasons, actually. One, it's so damn saturated, like it's super saturated. And I feel like there are a number of channels that do a phenomenal job, right? If I didn't feel like that and I'm like, ah, it's, it's, it's too much missing over here that they're not hitting. And it's still something. It's still like a little spot that I feel like is not being hit that maybe I could hit. But... I feel like because they're doing a good enough job, like it's not really like a huge void that need to be filled. So that's one yeah. reason. And then the other reason is the longer I've kind of waited, now my channel is where it's at. And it's been 100% football, pretty much. 95% yeah. football. So it'll just be kind of weird to jump on basketball now. So if I, I did it now, I'd almost, I'd almost be tempted to start like a whole new channel. And then you start thinking about the logistics of that me one guy can i really run two channels like i'm struggling enough to run yeah. one 
And then yeah. that leads you down the road of hiring people to do this and that. And then eventually you become the assembly line person, yep. you know? So, yep. Yeah. I, I feel pretty much the same, man, because I get, I get times where I'm very passionate about like maybe track because mm-hmm. I did it. And I'm like, oh man, I feel like I could add, there's so track so interesting and it's like not even popular. But if you understood it more and you like actually realized how fast like the sprinters were and saw them in person, people would be like amazed. Like if you saw Usain Bolt, obviously, but if you saw any of those guys in person run at their full speed, you would be like, that guy's not human. He would be so fast. It's like unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But we, when you watch track on TV, it's not the same. It like looks like they're like, yeah, you can tell they're fast, but they're running next to all, also guys who are the fastest guys in the world. If you put like, I, they need to do this for track. They need to line up dudes who are world-class sprinters and then put like average Joes in there and show what it looks like side by side. Because I, I, that, I mean, it's just, yeah, see, that's like my thing with track. I wouldn't even make a video about this, but hey, they bro. should do that because it would be so interesting. Anyways, it going back. Like you to, want to do some track videos, bro. I, I do mean, that's want That's what to, it sounds like. But it's one of those things that maybe... I should take the steps in the off season for football because football videos don't do that well in the off season. Like you're talking March through June, July, like sometimes you can have a hit, but a lot of the times the videos just don't do well. I don't know if that's how you feel, but mine, it's like it spikes up during football season, makes sense. And then it kind of dies off. So I've always gone like, well, what if I do try something else? And then I'm like, ah, I'm, I'm like this very niche thing. I don't want to like try to expand. And then all of a sudden I have a problem on my hands where people like my track and basketball and other sports content. Yeah. And people like my, so at the end of the day, I don't know. Like I think I'd rather just stick to football because I, I love football history more than I do any other sport. And it's not even close. Like you couldn't catch me listening to baseball history. Like, Oh, this guy in 1960. I was like, I don't care. (laughs) Like It's baseball. Like I don't care about baseball. Um, man, it's funny. Last thing, uh, go real ahead. Quick on that subject, yeah. I think about it because I, I have, like, I've branched out and I do kind of random stuff sometimes. Like, I covered the XFL, I've covered the AAF, I've done last year's U, but they do all have that one string tiny all back together, which is a steel. Technically, this is football. Yeah, you feel me. So that's the thing. Like, I've had success stepping outside of like just what happened to us and stuff like that. And just doing other kind of random stuff with me just talking or giving news. Yeah. And so it it is, it's tempting, bro. It's tempting. Like the whole time we sit here talking, I'm like, you know what, bro? I might roll out a damn basketball video on their ass and just see. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just see what happens, you know? But you know what I've I thought about? Not. What? Not sports at all. Totally different subject. I thought about that too. Because <laughs> I'm just like, whoa, what if I just went into something totally different but still like my kind of style because it's if like you made it the same style and made it interesting and compelling it yeah. could potentially still work i've thought about that a lot like a whole <sighs> lot but i'm part of terrified me, to do it part of me loves the challenge of it like mm. just the idea of like figuring that out yeah. and exploring a whole new field because the thing is football's t- tough enough to make it like you look at our videos and you look at basketball and basketball blows up way more. Oh, for sure. You make a video about Michael Jordan, 10 million views. You'd be like, Oh, <laughs> Michael Jordan versus LeBron, 10 million views. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not everyone. Cause there's people who it's like oversaturated, but it's much less views in football. And then you look at like hockey and baseball and it's very s- small niche markets on YouTube. 
So then you go, go look at the science field or you look at other fields and all of a sudden it's like, I feel like there's really good channels for that stuff. So it's hard to even say, but even gaming, like, like example, like Rocket League's a game that I play and it went free to play and it blew up and all the YouTubers, like obviously like went from like 200, 300,000 subs to like um, all, all or over a million because the game is like got more popular and then they all just like went up. Yeah. So it's like, I, d I don't know if that happens for football. So I'm like, I don't do like I? It's happening to me right now. <laughs> like I, I really want to like try some random video and just try to make it as dope as I possibly can and it's a passion see project, if dude. I could make it work. I might fuck around and do it, man. You were saying like football player wise, if you would, if you, if everything, if all the chips stacked up for you and lined up in the right way, who does your game compare to? Like if you were to have gone pro. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've thought about this a lot like recently, and I, can't, I think I mentioned this, but man, I, when I did the John U. Smith video, I've just felt like, that's the first time I felt like, you know what? Maybe I could have went to the league, you know what I'm saying? If I had followed this, uh, like kind of this guideline step by step and went ahead and just put on the weight early, instead of trying to like stay slim and, and slender down when I naturally just have a bigger body type. Yeah. Cause I'm looking at John, I'm like, man, similar build, some similar build, fast, strong, athletic, could probably play receiver, but probably doesn't have the same lateral quickness as a lot of receivers have because of the size. You know what I'm saying? Slide yeah. on in there to tight end, H back, and you know, they're kind of that specialty spot, but at the same time, that wasn't as prevalent like when we was coming up. There was a couple of people like Dallas Clark, you know what I'm saying? It was a couple of cats that was playing that yeah. role, but it wasn't as prevalent as it is now. But yeah, if I had, if everything had gone right and I played all my cards right, I got on the weights, I went to school, I did my thing and stayed focused the whole time, didn't get hurt. I think the player I'd be most similar to is somebody like a John U. Smith. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Do you think, okay, so if college football would have been different for you and you had been like a star player and that option would have been available, do you think you would have just like, like how you went with YouTube and just went at it? Do you think you would have committed full, even if they're like, hey, Flemlo, we want you to play tight end? I want to say yes so bad, but the answer is no. And it sucks because I was a different person. You know, I changed and I became, I got, I adopted this mindset, I guess is a better way to say it. When like in my mid twenties, when I was living that passionless life, like you was talking about yeah. earlier, and I was just kind of going through, I was making money, but I wasn't passionate about what I was doing. So I was kind of dying on the inside and I got desperate, you know what I'm saying? So that's really what happened to me. Like I'm riding to work and I realized, bro, I'm like, dude, I don't even listen to music no more. You feel me? Like I have riding the yeah. I don't want to hear that racket. I got a headache, you know what I'm saying? Like that's where I was at in life, bro. And I'm like 26, 27, like a, that's a dark place. I'm like, I'm acting like I'm 50 years old at this point. And so that kind of made me desperate. And then I went, I started reading and I went on this YouTube journey and all of this stuff that kind of led me to here. But at the time, I just didn't have that mindset. Had I had the mindset I have now, back then, that's probably what would lead me to the, the genre route. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But at the same time, I feel like I had to go through everything I went through to be who I am today. So I don't regret it, but if it had played out differently, yeah, I could see me in like a different timeline. I yeah. could see me as Janu. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, what about that's you? Interesting. 
You know, I've I've told people this as soon as I saw Christian McCaffrey. I knew play, you was gonna say Christian McCaffrey. As soon I as I saw him play, I was like, everybody, okay. If you imagine that guy a little smaller, a little weaker, not as strong, <laughs> and not as good, that was me. <laughs> so yeah, I'm like five eleven. I played at like one fifty five, one sixty, really yeah. small. If I had like the right nutrition program, I could right. play at 170, 175. Had you I gone to the there. right school and played football yeah. and they would put you on that plan, you'd have definitely, you'd have yeah. definitely got there. I bet McCaffrey was the same way. I bet he was probably 160, 165 yeah. coming out of high school. Yep. Yeah, and he had the benefit of his dad played in the NFL, so That's right, right. he has all the tools necessary to understand what it takes to get there. For sure. And, you know, I'm not going to play the boohoo like my dad wasn't an NFL player. But when you don't know a lot about nutrition and working out properly, especially when you're my size, like you're not going to like I couldn't have played college football my size. I would have got I got beat up in high school. You think I would have gone went to some school? (laughs) It would have been any different. Yeah. So, yeah, I was a running back who was I was very fast. Like I was a state champion in track. Very quick. I had very like that McCaffrey choppy run style. Mm-hmm. So I was great on screens. And I'm not trying to glow too much. I'm like just trying to paint a picture of like what kind of player I was. I, I got tackled easy. Like I didn't break a lot of tackles. I was pretty shifty, but if a guy got a hold of me, I didn't break a lot of arm tackles. It was a wrap. Yeah. So that was my issue. And yeah. we ran a lot of pro style offense where it was a lot of blasts and power plays. And the kind of plays where you need that back who gets hit at the at the line of scrimmage and powers for three, four yards. Mm. And I was like a 10 yards because I got through before anyone touched me or I got no yards when I should have got three or four. Yeah. So I wasn't the best running back in the world when it came to that. And so, yeah, if everything worked out, I got on the right nutrition and everything, I could have been a little poor man's McCaffrey. Yeah. Man, I just, it's so crazy thinking back because I took it as an insult when they mentioned tight end. You mean you know what I'm saying? Because I grew yeah. up watching Jerry Rice and all of these cats. Like I really took that as an insult. So I'm like, I'm gonna show them. You know, I'm gonna slim down and I'm gonna work on my foot. Versus just embracing it. And you know what yeah. I'm saying? Just embrace it and go ahead and put that muscle. Like you built for it, bro. It would have came easy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then you know, till still to this day, I'm fast, straight line. I'm powerful. I'm reasonably quick. Like a a person my size, I'm quick. But like yeah. you know, just, yeah, you are. Uh, average person is probably quicker like you quicker than me but if you a person my size i'm gonna outquick them every time you know what i'm saying yeah so i would have been going up against linebackers strong safeties oh you've been outrunning those dudes food just food it would have been easy you know know what i'm saying it's so funny because you're saying like, oh, it's an insult to say me tight end. Yeah. Now imagine like a left tackle who's somewhat athletic and they're like, hey, we kind of want you to play a little tight end. They'd be like, hey, I don't have to block every play. This is perfect. <laughs> exactly. But so, I was like, hey, I got to block on more plays. Yeah. This is terrible. Yeah. I don't want to do that. Yeah. It's like, bro, get your Just big the- ass on the inside and block that dude. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I love so much because I feel like I don't even understand the mentality of so many players. Because by the time I was in high school, I was a purely offensive player. I was in the mindset of scoring, okay, making guys miss, okay, picking up blocks when I have to. But if you are purely just defensive player or purely just an offensive lineman or purely just a receiver or quarterback, you know, it's, or if you weren't fast, like if, yeah, like I used my physical ability to my advantage. Now, if someone who played the same position as me was stronger and, you know, more built to be a running back, but they were slow as hell, 
they wouldn't think the way I did. The way I thought was like, okay, I'm a one cut, I'm gonna juke a guy, and then there's no way anyone catches me if I if I get outside. Yeah. But that that a different guy wouldn't think that way. They would yeah. never try to do that. Like they wouldn't think like, oh yeah, if I can just get past this guy, no, they would just like run over the guy. Yeah, for sure. And so. I think it'd be interesting. I wonder if people would be interested in us talking to like, like we've talked about it, like maybe talking to an offensive lineman and just getting their idea behind like, what's, what's the reason you want to go out there and just run into or like try to block this ferocious (laughs) man. That's exactly how I was going to say it. Like you just run into another dude for four quarters. Like how, how much fun is that for you? And like, how do you, what is the mindset? Like what's the place you go to? To yeah. where you enjoy that so much, but they probably do, bro, because it's nasty and they enjoy like trying to out leverage the dude and then making sure they're in their gaps, making sure they footwork right and they drops and they, like all of that. Yeah, yeah, it would be interesting to, to talk to one of them cats, man, and, and really kind of see what the hell they be thinking and like how do they get themselves up to go do this every day. You know, I, I imagine I, if you was a big, like a really big dude, you just I don't know. I guess you enjoy pushing people around. You know what I'm saying? If anyone's listening to this who played high school linemen or any other any level of, of offensive linemen specifically or any position really, I just want to know mentality wise what like how you approach the game. I think yeah. that would be an interesting episode Hell to yeah. talk more in depth about that, about approaches to games, because it would be totally different if you're a strong safety whose idea is like running up and just laying guys out of the <laughs> line of scrimmage. And or if you're a free safety and you never tackle and you're just like playing very deep and you scan the whole field. Yeah. I'm interested to hear what people have to say and how For they sure. approach the game. For sure. So, Hell yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, do you want to turn it over to the Browns Bengals halfway point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, at the halfway point, what are your, I guess I should say, yeah, what are your expectations for the second half of the season? Like, how do you think this thing is going to go? How do the Browns end the season? What happens? All right. First off, to relate back to what we opened up with, with the passion. Yeah. I've, since it was a bye week and it was like no stress on Sunday, just relaxed. I really got back and started thinking, I'm like, man, this is perfect. I love where this is, the season's at right now because as much as I, as the Browns record's good, five and three, they're technically barely on the borderline of wildcard, if not the first team out. Cause there's so many teams with a good record. Yeah. So they're fighting for a playoff spot and I'm nervous as hell because I'm like, I don't know if like, they haven't proven to me. But being in that spot of like that unknown, it's it's awesome. Like I love it because if you're if you're a team who like you know you're gonna make it every year and like the the Steelers right now, you're not really watching every game on the edge of your seat. Like we better win. Like it's like you know they're going twelve and four, so it's not the same level as as excitement as like someone like me who it's we're five and three. We don't know if we're gonna make it. We haven't made it in a long time. So that pressure. That like every game, like the last few games, I've been getting very nervous. Like every game's been building towards like I feel the games mattering more and more, and that yeah. just has me excited. So damn, damn. yeah. I, I, and also the Browns didn't make any moves at the trade deadline, and I was pissed. I was pissed. But then I was like, look, go back to what I said previously on this podcast. The Browns aren't going to win the Super Bowl this year, so it doesn't matter. Like. They, there's nothing they could really bring in that was going to fix their chaotically bad defense. Yeah. You talk or, about cohesiveness and all that all the yeah. time. You want more trades? Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> it's like that irrational kind of thinking like, well, but, but bring in someone, uh, Earl Thomas. I don't care. Just bring in some. It's like, yeah. At the end of the day, let's not panic. Let's just play the season out. Let's make the playoffs. Cause that would be amazing. Like 
that's a huge win for the organization. So that's where I'm at with uh, my passion side of it. Now yeah. for the expectations, I'm. <laughs> it's weird, man, because now that Odell's out, and I think people saw the potential of like how bad that can be for the Browns' offense. I'm a little worried because everyone's like, "Oh yeah, Baker's so much better with like." without Odell because he doesn't think about it but it's like okay now he doesn't have that deep threat so they can play more up front and stop the run better teams are going to be able to lock down the Browns offensive attack with when they were killing it with the run game early in the season Odell's a huge part of that like they have to respect Odell's speed and his ability to catch the ball deep and now that's not there you got a rookie out there instead of him Donovan Peoples-Jones and it's like it doesn't provide the same level of like you don't you don't know so I'm a, I think the Browns, I'm just going to go with it, just say the record. I think they're going to finish a disappointing 9-7 and seven or a hang on by a thread 10-6, and six, and I don't know if that makes it. Okay, so those are your same predictions from the start of the season. Yeah, Nine and it seven, feels different. Six? Yeah, it's well, it's because I didn't think the Browns were going to start 5-3 and three because I thought Dallas was going to be better. Yeah. So I thought Dallas was going to beat them. Yeah. I thought the, we were going to go one and one with the Bengals. Yeah. I thought the Colts, who are still good, I thought they were going to trash the Browns. Yeah. And I expected the Ravens and Steelers. So yeah. I imagined like if we were, it would be an optimistic four and four right now, yeah. or like a oh, we can get better three and yes. five. But instead, it's like a oh we're five and three, but it doesn't feel like we're that good because our defense sucks and Baker hasn't really put it together every week and a lot of guys are out. So, Oh, uh, is that why is it because y'all lost like the last y'all lost two of the last three, right? Yeah, I think so. Yep. So so is it like, if we were reflecting on this and y'all was coming off of a win, like one win, let's say y'all won that last game. Yeah. Six and two. I would everything. I would think we're fighting for the division. Cause I'd be like, Oh, the Browns are confident. You know, I think they could take, but I still don't think they can take the Ravens or Steelers. They're yeah. way too physical, and the Raiders proved that. The Raiders were much more physical than the Browns. And I just think that, I don't know. I, I, it's hard to believe in this team yet in the terms of like, oh, yeah, they're going to win. Because yeah. every time I say that, it, they prove me wrong. But every yeah. time I get down, then they go out and stomp someone. Baker throws five touchdowns. It's like They play with okay. your emotions. And I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it, but I love it. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn. It wouldn't be fun to go 16-0 every year because you'd get over that. It'd get boring. If y'all get in the playoffs, I mean, if y'all get in the playoffs with a disappointing, no, optimistic 10, 10 and 6, right? We can go 7 and 9. I'm happy if we make the playoffs. I don't care. Okay. How do you, do you care how that playoff game goes? Oh, yeah, dude. I'm, I'm not going to, like, if it's a heartbreaking loss, I'm going to be down for a while. But just playing in, in an important game for, what I hope is our franchise quarterback and just the level of experience for the team and the coaching staff. Yeah. That's all that matters. Yeah. yeah, Like for sure. We're not winning the Super Bowl, So it doesn't matter if we happen to beat the one other bad wildcard team and then get smoked in the, like, I don't, I don't know if it counts. I I will care. If you get smoked, I don't think it counts. Yeah. yeah, yeah, You're right. That's, that's another thing. That's like, that's why it matters. That's why a wildcard game matters. Cause you know, those teams have like a very small chance of winning at all. It happens like the giants. Yeah when they beat the Patriots, but you still just, if you get lose a game, like I feel like the Texans are a good example of a team who got smoked so bad after they got up 24, nothing that they never recuperated. Exactly. Like it matters how you lose. It's weird. It matters how you lose, man. 
Yeah. So it is weird. <laughs> I don't know why, but it just does. If know? if the Browns were to play in a playoff game, after maybe they go an impressive 11 and 5 and they play in the wild card game, if they got smoked in that game, it would be a very disappointing season. Oh, for sure. Even though we made it would be like the most just take the wind out of our sail type of game. But if yeah. we lose a heartbreaker, then it's like we have something to build off. Be of. like, hey, next year. You know? And I'm not even mentioning if we win. Like I'm pretending like it's not a big deal. Oh, if we won a playoff game, I would be like in the streets dancing. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, I, I actually I believe you. I think you would. I, I would. I would fly down to just see you, and I'd be dancing outside your house. <laughs> and I would. You see me looking, close my damn drapes, like man, get, <laughs> man, get out of here, man. That's when you move. <laughs> so, Bengals, you know, I guess I'm going to go into this just like a fan, right? My yeah. fan in me that's not logical at all, the fan in me thinks we're going to upset the Steelers Sunday. That's going to be interesting. Here's why. The Steelers, to me, I've been watching them. I feel like they coming down, right? They barely, bro, they squeak by the Cowboys. And yeah, third string quarterback. Has been looking older and older and older. Now, the logical person in me knows I've felt like this before. And the second we play Ben, he becomes goddamn MVP. And he can't be stopped. He's shrugging off sacks and throw for 500 yards, four touchdowns, and, you know, we get thrashed. And it could easily happen. But for some reason, I just feel like we're going to turn. We're going to kind of turn this switch in the second half of the season. Of course, it's because I'm riding this high because we beat yeah. the Titans and I got the bye week to fester on it and probably yep. it inflates in my head and I think we're way better than we actually are just because we got one little game that was, you know, we finally beat a good team for the first time in two years. So <laughs> that's probably what it is, but I don't care because it feels good at least up until Sunday. So I'm just going to roll with it, Yeah, you know. If we mess around and upset the Steelers, bro, I think a massive shift starts to happen in the in the division. Now it might take, you know, it'll take another year for it to like actually manifest. But I think Joe Burrow kind of jumps up to the first or second best QB in our division if we win this game. And at that point, I can't argue with that. And at that point. You started to see the Bengals slide up. Now, the Ravens scared me because I watched that Colts game. They were terrible in the first half. And in the second half, they did something that I was happy to see them do because Lamar is my dude. But yeah. as, a, as a Bengals fan, I hated to see. They went back to their actual offense. And they killed the Colts in the second half with that. If they doing that, because they've been looking bad really all year, the Ravens have. Yeah. But by switching back to that, it might just be up and up from there. But I think are, this. Go ahead. Are they six and two? Yeah. So they're a bad six and two. Yep. It's because they are they they're experimenting, but they're a right? Good six and two. That's the thing. That's yeah, why it's still good because they've been playing like crap and they six and two. You know what I'm saying? And it's like it's not like they have bad players, but it's two things that did happen. They lost. Um, I forget the first lineman that retired, and then they lost Ronnie Stanley. The same week mm. he signed a hundred million dollar contract, left tackle. Perfect. He's gone. Yeah, same week, he gone for the season. So their offensive line is significantly worse than it was before. Yeah. So that's one thing, but you know, I, I just feel like they have been kind of experimenting, still managing to win. 
And now yeah. they're going back to what they know works and they might be they might be ready to really make a jump, you know. What I'm Dude, saying? every time I see them play, it's just a fumble return touchdown or a pick six. Every, every time, time I see it, it's like unbelievable. It is. They get it Jonathan every time. Taylor runs for nine yards, takes it to three dudes and pushes them four yards back. And I'm like, <laughs> and then I don't even see the ball come out. I just see dude Chuck Clark running back. I'm like, wait, yeah. <laughs> what the hell just happened? Did, did you see Rivers on that play? Which play? Philip Rivers. Did you see oh, him on that fumble? I didn't see that was the most failed. unathletic thing I've ever seen. He was just like trying to turn and he just fell on his back. See, and then he I tried was to laughing and my boy and said somebody pushed him. I was like, I thought he just failed. He, I was no, like, is that his fell. best tackle attempt? I watched it multiple times. He just <laughs> fell yeah. and then just laid there after the guy jumped over him. He I'm did. Like, dude, that Everything guy's. he did in that game was the least athletic thing I ever seen. Like, Watching he escaped pressure one time and I was like, how the, it looked like he was on a cane. But oh he got gosh. out of there somehow. I don't know how he got out of there. He's the most uncomfortable player to watch because he can't move well and yeah. his throwing motion's so ugly yeah. that you see him like run out and like like throw it. <laughs> yeah. And it's like oh, yeah. I've never like Phillip Rivers always respected him. But yeah, I always pulled against Phillip Rivers and usually kind of like Ben. He always have like just came back to stab me in the heart. But now I think it's it's about over. You know? I think it's about yeah. over. Yeah. Yeah, he's on the way out. Whereas you watch I mean I didn't watch the Buccaneers game, but that that score was crazy. Bro, Brady was terrible. Yeah. It's just a little stats. drop of pressure. And he was kind of losing his mind. Like, the pressure got crazy later in the game. But, like, early on, bro, in the first half, like, the pocket will collapse. And he's just missing throws. And Tampa's offense just looked completely discombobulated. Yeah. And I was so disappointed in that game. Like, I wanted to see a good game. Yeah. And it was the Saints just thrashed them. But Drew Brees turned back the clock. So I was happy about that. Like Drew Brees was throwing like 15 yard dig routes and like he wasn't just throwing to Kamara every play. And it was actually entertaining to watch, at least from that standpoint. Yeah. So that was nice. All right. We can get back to the point of what we brought up, which is the Bengals. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Hey, if you lose this game, you're right where we were last year. Or wait, two years ago. It's Baker's rookie season, two, six, and one. And that's the game I went and saw. I went to Cleveland. Yeah, two, six, and one. And Baker had his I'm feeling dangerous game against the Falcons. <laughs> That's the game I was at. Yeah, yeah. The fan in me think we can we can somehow finish this season with seven wins. And the logical guy in me knows that my original prediction of five wins, like if I had to put something on record, that's what I would say. We finished with five wins. Bro, I, I think the Bengals have some momentum. And you're also, you guys get to play with no... Um, Pressure. Like you, yeah, you can just throw it There's back no and just like head down and just go get guys. And the Steelers are dealing with that that like undefeated like angst. Like yeah. it sucks to be undefeated because you have to constantly live with that pressure of like you're undefeated. Oh yeah, my gosh! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you lose one. If they lose, I think the one game they lose will be ugly, and then they will bounce back from that. But you know, the Steelers I, is like like that big brother, like that terrible big brother that like give you wedgies and. You know yeah, what I mean? That's the problem. And so, like, we've always kind of had that little brother mentality when it comes to them. I'm wondering, it's the first time we can play them this year, if Burrow can kind of start to swing that. Because yeah. Dalton never, he never could. Like, you know what I'm saying? He never could really, like, turn that where it come. It feel like they almost just coming in here to just bully us around. So, I just want to see, man, are we going to really take it to these cats or are we going to lay down, like, the years pass. You know what I'm saying? I'm so damn curious. I'm excited though. 
But when you talk to me Monday, I might be like depressed. Yeah, that's but let me dude. That's right what's now. so sick about the NFL, man. Your team is like in a very bad spot if you're talking playoff contention. Yeah. Yeah, you can have a game like sure. this, and yeah. it's like everything. It's yeah, yeah. It's, it's awesome. I just for love sure, it. because it's like it's all in context, though. You got to look at the context of the season. This was never going to be like a Super Bowl year for us. No. So when it's not a Super Bowl year, you don't care that much about making the playoffs. Like. Next year, I'll I'll want to make the playoffs. Like that'll yeah. be a big deal for me. But this year, like I said at the beginning of the year, all I expected to see from my team was we were going to be fun to watch, which has been true so far. More so uh, in the past, probably four games as we kind of got things rolling. Yeah, and um, we were going to see a lot of growth. I just wanted to see growth from Joe Burrow, growth from my rookies, growth from my line, growth from my coaching staff, and we kind of put the roster together. That's my only expectations. And I said we'd win five games. And we've blown some games that we should have easily won, at least two for sure that we should have right now. Uh, but we got two wins instead of four right now, and we still – we got Washington, we got the Giants, we got the Cowboys, we got the Texans. Out of them four games, we got a, we got a pretty damn Dolphins. good chance to get – Hey, the Dolphins pretty good. Like, I didn't even count the Dolphins in at that time. Like, <laughs> I've yeah, been so watching the Dolphins right the them. past couple of weeks and be like, yo, I'm – I'm not the Dolphins. Not a bad team. They're I not think even that's like an average to below shootout. average team. I think they're slightly above average. Yeah, their their defense and special teams is the thing. It's like even when they offense not clicking, they still be thrashing teams, and so yeah. they're a more complete team than we are for sure. Like we just got offense. That's it, dude. <laughs> you know? But the the thing is about having just an offense is it gives you a chance to be in every game because that's a fact. Yeah. it's a you guys pass so much that that's the offense to have when you are down by two touchdowns or whatever. So I, I'm looking at your schedule and I'm going, man, I, I could see you guys winning. Okay, this game, I, I don't think you guys will win this game. But I think you'll beat Washington, Fair. Giants, and I think the Dolphins game is, is a potential. I don't, know, I don't know. Yeah. And then the Cowboys, obviously, like I think you guys can win that game. I think you guys could go one and one against the Steelers. So potentially like that December game in Cincinnati. And then the Texans are probably going to be throwing the season away at that point. And then the Ravens game. I don't even know. Maybe they rest Lamar that week because they're they already got this plague. And then you get that you get that game. I'm not I'm not down it, dude. This is the Browns twenty eighteen right here. Now we go eight seven and one. You laughed at me at the beginning of the year when um I was like, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we was like a dark horse and it had a chance for the playoffs. I saw, like, I saw your face. You're like, yeah. You know what I mean? So if that happens, well, if Joe Burrow was not as good as he's been, then I would. I don't. I don't think that you guys. So you didn't watch his film. I told you he was gonna be cold, man. Hey, man. <laughs> hey, hey, all rookie quarterbacks struggle. That's all I'm gonna not say. Not this year. Yeah, is this like the greatest it's, rookie quarterback the, class ever through eight games? My God. Yeah, so far, probably. I mean, you look at the 2018 class and how many of those dudes were so bad at the beginning. Like, Josh Allen was not that good. No. And then Josh Rosen didn't even – like, he was a joke. He didn't get And yeah. then Darnold hasn't been good. Nope. Um, and then, obviously, Baker's like, people don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, and then Lamar Lamar didn't even play his rookie year, really. Like, he played a little bit at the end. Oh, wait, no, no. He, he, took, he, over, he took over, like, halfway through. Yeah, and then the he was good, and then he was great the next year. So, yeah, it's it's definitely, like, a better quarterback, pure quarterback class this year, like, yeah. what we're seeing. And so that, like, uh, Kyler Murray to a duel, like, that's that felt like the future. 
Like I just couldn't even watch it. I was so pissed. Couldn't watch it, man. I wanted to watch it so bad. I saw the highlights. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the problem, dude. Like, I didn't even think about football that much on Sunday because the Browns weren't playing. Like, I was like, oh, me and my friend went and got lunch somewhere. We saw the Raiders game. And the Raiders are so such a weird team, dude. Have you watched the Raiders at all? I saw them. Um, actually, no. I didn't even see the Chiefs game. So I, I dude, haven't watched them much. I've seen a quarter, two quarters. I love the Raiders because they're like a team that doesn't have any superstars. Like you don't look look at oh they're just stacked everywhere. Like you know I don't even know guys in their defense. Like one of their DNs is like I was telling my friend I'm like oh that Carl Nassib yeah he played for the Browns. Like oh what the heck he was like our backup D end. He's like their starter. Hmm. And and that's like the only name I knew him and Abrams it's or like Abrams safety. Yeah yeah and then, yeah, like, and then after that it's Waller. like Carr and Waller and then and, uh, Jacobs is Jacobs, good. Yeah. But, and then their their O line and D line just just dominate. Like they're yeah. they're good. And so I just like watching them play. It's like that smash mouth, just like you, you know what you get when you watch them play. And I like that. I like that much more than the roller coaster of it seems like the Browns have the best O-line in the NFL and then they get smacked in the face. I'm like, okay, what are we? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> but can they do anything with Derek Carr? Like um, anything significant, I mean? The thing is, so I made a video on Derek Carr. It's one of the first videos I ever made. In 2016, okay. I, I argue that he should have been the MVP of the NFL. Okay. I love to win. What was your argument? <laughs> I don't uh, remember the numbers or anything. No, dude, I know he I had don't a even, good year that year. He had a really good year, but it was like he felt like the quarterback who could like put it together for one run. Yeah. Kind of like the Flacco thing where you're like, I don't even know how good this guy is, but oh, I've you get him on a string good. of momentum <laughs> games and you're yeah. like, hey, this guy's the, the real deal. Yeah. So I see Carr play, and he does enough to where I go like, I could see him putting it together, and then he does one of his first down where he does like a, you know, he dives from five yards out, and he gets flipped up in the air and does a front flip, and then gets up and does like the first down thing, and the whole team's pumped. He does yeah. that every time I watch him play. I'm like, this dude's <laughs> gonna break his back. <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm pretending like I know anything about quarterback play. It's just the sense I get from watching him. That Why don't like, you feel like you know anything it. about quarterback play? It's weird to me. Um, I mean, obviously we didn't play quarterback. Okay, we don't know on that level, but just on here's a regular fan level. Here's the thing. I will think I know a lot about football, so I'll start talking numbers and stuff, and then I will hear one of those film review guys mm -hmm. who is so technical, and they're mm -hmm. talking about like just like the smallest increment things in like a quarterback's like rhythm and like throwing motion and stuff, and I'm like, I don't know anything about throwing motion. I don't know anything about. You don't feel like a lot of that stuff is cap. Like, I, I care more about like when they talk about now footwork. That's real because I've yeah. seen that. Like the first time I heard of one of those guys talking about it, I was like, hey, "What are you talking about?" But then I started seeing it because I'm watching a little film with them breaking it down. So then I start actually looking at it. And I said when I was watching Lamar throw at the combine, I was like, "His footwork is bad." I'm like, "Come on, bro, you got to go see Jordan Palmer. Get your feet right because that's to me that's always why he can't throw like the deep outside throws or even intermediate." Yeah. You know, it's not he don't have the arm strength. He does. It ain't that he can't read it. He can. But his footwork is bad. And it's like so the ball float and it ended up getting picked off or just being incomplete. But yeah. anyway, I'm saying when you watch those guys, you learn. Like, don't – I mean, you don't want to present yourself like you know everything. But Here's the thing. Yeah, I have a bad habit. Maybe it doesn't come across enough on camera. People probably notice. But when I'm talking with friends or my girlfriend or whoever – 
I try to act like I know more than I do because I, maybe it's an insecurity. Like I'm just like, I want to seem smarter than I am. Yeah. So I'm going to pretend like I know more than I do. Oh, football. Oh yeah. I know everything. It's like, <laughs> I know some things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know some things. So I'm trying, like maybe I'm just going too hard to one side saying I don't know anything. I know some things, but I really don't want to come across as, yeah, I'm this football YouTuber. And if you ask me, I know the X's yeah, and O's yeah, better yeah. than anyone. Yeah, so yeah. it's hard to kind of like talk and make sure that's known. Like I'm not a film guy. Like I yeah. do not break down the film. I will watch the highlights of games and go like, I like what I'm seeing from Baker. I, I couldn't tell you exactly, but if I took enough time, I probably could. I'm not but, a film guy, but I watch the film. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know I still watch the film <laughs> and one. I try to break it down. You're and so I have an understanding. Guy, but you watch the film. That's a right. film guy. You're a film guy. A film guy is like Brett Coleman, like somebody who has studied all yeah. of these concepts. He was a and all scout this. too. That's what I'm saying. Like these yeah. them legit pros, but just from like an amateur standpoint, like I could tell when a quarterback footwork is trash. I could tell when he making like real NFL big boy throws yeah. versus just being schemed easy throws the whole game. I, I could tell. I could tell when he checked to a certain thing if he see the damn blitz and then call a high. I mean, I could see that. I feel like a lot yeah. of people should be able to see that. Honestly. If you just play video games, like you can see that the cat is blitzing, you see him look over at his receiver, and then he runs a quick route, right? Yeah. <laughs> like I mean, you could probably you could pretty much break that down. And a lot of quarterbacks <laughs> in the league don't do that. Like they just can't do it for some yeah. reason, or they make like inexplicable throws. It's unbelievable to me. I'm like, how did he make that mistake? The thing is, I think it's easier to watch a quarterback play and see that they don't have certain things, like they're not the game's not complete. Yeah. Rather than being able to diagnose exactly how to change that and fix oh, it. Oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. That's like, why there's so many armchair quarterbacks. They're like, yeah, yeah, that guy sucks. Okay, a good one. He threw a pick. You, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. so much. <laughs> well, the breakdown is is useless. It's not productive, but it is yeah, informative. It's just telling you. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's still informative though. You know what I'm saying? So like Yeah. I saw, man, who was this last week? I think it was Derek Carr. It might have been two weeks ago. This dude, bruh, no, no. It was, uh, matter of fact, I'll give you a better one. Last year, I was watching, maybe two years ago, Eli Manning. I was at the Cowboys game. Yo, this cat, this is when he still had Odell. Every time he got one-on-one with Odell and his one high and the safety would run to the other guy, he's not looking over there. Like in that last year, and it was driving me bonkers. Cause I'm just like, bro, you don't have to be a all pro quarterback to understand if you got the best receiver in the league one on one, run a deep route, maybe give him a look. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Especially when the safety runs to the other side or come down to check the, the tight end or somebody. Like yeah. he's gonna win a lot of those. So just basic stuff like that. You can easily break down with your boys and you can see y'all can have a better football conversation than you know, this dude threw for 300 yards. Like, you know what I mean? Which that's cool and that's informative, but it's just not, that you can you could paint like a, a little bit of more vivid picture. Yeah. You feel me? No, I mean, I think I'm like a 70s scout where you're like, hey, what's uh, tell us about that guy. I'm like, oh, he's got it. Just get that guy, he's got it. Just <laughs> he's go dead. get him. He's got an arm. He's, <laughs> he's got you know, the intangibles. He read a 4740, see? Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, with those old watches where you could click it early and it runs like <laughs> yeah, a three yeah, nine. Really damn Dude, one okay, reality. that's another thing that pisses me off about a lot of people. Like they even do this at like uh, local combines. Everyone will get these bullshit numbers that is not even accurate. Like I will do videos on high school players, and it'll yeah. be like 
So Terrell Pryor was 6'6", 250, ran a 4-1, and it's yeah. like, bro, like, there is no way. And it, But it'll be, like, on max preps. Yeah. Or it'll be on, like, rivals. Like, yeah. legitimate. It's not like, you know, like, the local newspaper. I mean, it's like the the, the, the big dogs. Yeah. So I'm like, how do they... It's just like they just <laughs> say things to over-exaggerate yeah, how ridiculous he is. Because then... You know, if you just said that he was 6'4", 215, and ran a 4'4", four, four, that's that's what he was, and that's incredible. But then you got to do this whole, like, okay, he wasn't 6'6". Six, six. He wasn't 240 or yeah. 250 or whatever they said, and yeah. he didn't run, like, a 4'1", 4'2", in high school. Yeah. Like, I don't care what you say. People don't understand how fast that is. I have a buddy, Michael, who's still training for track, and he timed himself, and he ran a 4'3". And this dude's, bl- like, he's fast. Like, he was, like... Uh, went to like NCAA's and like the long jump and the hundred and stuff, mm-hmm. and so he's legit speed. He ran a four three, mm-hmm. four two speed is so unbelievably fast that again it's like lining up. They do it with like Rich Eisen, like really, yeah. like people don't get how fast that is. Yeah, like it's just almost like the oh four, like four four is unbelievably fast. That's cooking. But high schoolers will be like, oh, what did you run in high school? I'm like, I don't know. I got a hand time four four, but that's Four, like that's no, means nothing. That could have been a four six because hand. Yeah, time's but I mean inaccurate. that's just done by people that's trying to help you go to school, right? Well, yeah. So they, I, so they exaggerate yeah. it, and then it kind of becomes it just, more. But we get the real time and the real weight when they go to the combine. So it's like, yeah. you know, I think <laughs> I just it's so funny. It's such a high school thing to be like, oh yeah, I bench, I squatted like three sixty five, like three times, and then you see him like my my buddy from high school. He would be like, oh, I just hit three fifteen. And then I would see him squat like 285 and he would go like a quarter squat and then not even get up all the way without help. And he's like, oh, I just hit that shit. Yeah. I'm like, (laughs) dude, that wasn't even a real rep. So that's like the thing you get in lifting. And then like the sprint, it's like you get the guy to clock it like early and it's like, oh, dude, you just ran a 4.3, dude. You're blazing. And that guy really runs like a 4.8. It's funny that that bothers you though. I don't know why it bothers me. I think it's because (laughs) you're a track guy. I I had legitimate official speed that was clocked 10 six which mm-hmm. was my school record so it's like you can't take that away that was uh, like laser time yeah and then i will say that and someone will comment like i ran 10 six in ninth grade oh that's why this bothers you okay it's like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you can't take that away from me and then people yeah, just be like yeah, oh yeah, 10 yeah. six yeah i ran I mean, that in the playground you can say that with anything that's like the dude that averaged 25 points in high school, but the way his offense was set up, all he did was yeah. run up and down the whole time. He was getting breakaway layups. So the yeah. dude that go to school and run a damn wing T offense, I rushed for 2,000 yards. Well, yeah, but you made like two dudes miss on the way to that. It's just the damn offense scheming you. I could have put yeah. anybody in that spot. You have no skill. You don't know how to read a damn hole at all. You feel me? Yeah. But it's like, so, you know, all of that stuff, it, um, you have to put it into context. <laughs> To tell like the did whole I, story. Even. Did I ever tell you how like I learned this in my, in a college class? It was like seventy five percent of dudes thought they could have gone pro if it wasn't for a coach screwing them over. Seventy five percent. Three out of four dudes that you see are like, yeah, I I'm five six two fifty and I'm fat, but yeah, in high school I was could have been something if this yeah, and this. That's can, so yeah. funny. I can 100% believe Because then me, a guy like you or a guy like me can say that in like the sports we chose. And we actually were scholarship athletes. And people are just like, it's the same story. So then those guys the ruin it for reason. the actual guys. Yeah, it's, like, it's never the whole reason. Like, 
I didn't have great experiences with coaches, but I also bitched out. Like I also yeah. could have easily made it work, you know? Yeah. And so there's things that I could have controlled that would have completely made the coaching situation irrelevant. Yeah. So that's why no matter what a person says with that, it's always bullshit. I get a lot of DMs like that and I feel bad because I don't want to like, because if you're not at a certain point in your life, if I come at you like the wrong way and we not friends or you really yeah. don't know, because I'd be like, bro, that's bullshit. Like, you know what I'm saying? I Like one of my friends, I tell them that like, that's bullshit. Like you, you bullshitting yourself. Like be honest with yourself. This really what happened. You know what I'm saying? Because I remember and I tell them, you know, but like if I don't really know you, I don't know how to, I don't want to be like come yeah. across as harsh. But at the same time, it's just like, look, bro, you keep telling me the coach ain't playing you, but at the end of the day, what you doing with the reps you getting? What yeah. you doing in your off time? Like, are you actually making the most of every yeah. single opportunity? Because I don't believe you. You know what I'm saying? Is it possible that a coach could completely mess over you and you was you did everything perfect? It is possible, but it's yeah, highly it's unlikely. You it's, know what I'm saying? It doesn't it's happen unlikely. as often as Not people say that it does. Often. Not nearly as often. High school coaches or whatever level you played, there's always going to be bad coaches. For sure. But the true guys who make it are the ones that are able to overcome any of that stuff because they do it on their own time. Yeah. You can't expect to just go to practice, show up, and then try hard there and expect like you to have like the greatest coach that's never been seen before getting paid yeah. like $10,000 a year to, to teach at a high school and exactly. to do that as a volunteer thing. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, your coach isn't the best thing that's ever walked planet earth and you're not that athletic. So you're blaming it on this guy. And let me ask you this. Is this fair? Is it fair to say that people have less of an excuse now because you have access to online coaches and YouTube videos oh, and dude. so much information. Are and you stuff kidding that me, dude? Just, of we course. just didn't have. <laughs> like, it's just, that's just true. It's just, it's, a fact. it's just objectively true. Yeah. It's, you have no excuse now. I mean, th I guess the argument to be made is okay, the level at which you now have to perform is much greater because now there's so many more people that's who true. know that's that. That's fair as fuck too. That's a great argument. So yeah, you look at like, I mean, even YouTube, like how to become a YouTuber. Okay. You don't have to ask me how to become a YouTuber because there's a billion videos out there. There's articles, there's okay. Yeah. Editing tutorials, tutorial yeah. this, there's a million tutorials on, on YouTube everything. of everything. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's just funny because like, I'm, I told you how I'm going to start like doing tr uh, training for track again yep. to kind of build my sprinting up. Mm -hmm. I know quite a bit about track more d definitely way more than the average person yeah but i can still look up things and find like quotes slash articles from like olympic level sprinters talking about like fine like the fine t tuning of like their uh their training or yeah. i can i can go to fiverr and build like a workout program from someone who graduated in kinesiology mm -hmm. something i dropped out in but mm. any of these like things, you know, you can pay for services and you don't have to go get a personal trainer. You just have to be able to know what to look for, which isn't that hard because you just type in, I want to become a better athlete. And there's a million things out there. I want to yeah. become better at meditating. Okay. There is a thousand apps for that. Yep. And so anyone who comes up with the excuse of like, oh, I just like, it's just motivation, man. It's just pers pushing yourself. And if you don't got that, then that's it. Like that's like, you. You're not overcoming. I'm not that. saying that shit to be harsh. Saying that to be like to be real. And honestly, yeah. is what you need to hear instead of hearing it like way later in life when it's too late. Like right now, you feel me? You hearing it right now. Yeah. So 
you can go ahead and shift your mindset, bro. Because, like, the sooner you do that, the sooner you're going to be able to figure it out. And everything ain't for everybody. So if you went all in on something for two, three years, you feel like you didn't make no headway, you still picked up some skills. If you yeah. really go into uh, to anything, you're, you have to pick up skills. You're going to get better. Yeah. And, so now take these new skills you picked up and go try something else. You feel what I'm saying? And now you got some extra some extra tools in your bag. Yeah. Maybe those come in handy on this job. You feel what I'm saying? Man, I, I'm going to tell this story because I've told it slightly before when I was explaining my college experience and like what went wrong with it mm -hmm. I had mentioned that like I, I didn't put a lot of blame on the coaches and you were kind of like oh you know like they probably did mess up and I'm like yeah they did okay yeah. they did yeah but there was people who overcame that that had For sure that like did their own thing and like they worked hard when they weren't seen at practice or whatever mm -hmm. they were doing it in the in the off time yep. and I wasn't Yep. So I, for years, man, I, I blamed that. Like I would sit at home and I was the boohooer who was playing video games until 4 a.m. saying like I got screwed over by the coaches because they were they didn't care. Yeah. OK, well, there's probably there was a there's a little bit of that. There's definitely a little bit of that truth. Mm -hmm. But until I realized that a lot of it was due to my lazy ass work ethic mm -hmm. and other things that because it's like I have a work ethic when I care. But. I don't have a great work ethic when people tell me what to do slash when I need to do things that I don't want to do. Same. And so it's like, I, I have to learn how to be better with that. And so whenever I say things, especially like just talking, it's like, I'm almost preaching to myself too. Cause I want to do this track thing because I want to prove to myself that like, it wasn't the coaches screwing me over. It was me not overcoming something that I'm going to now overcome hey man, through I a new fucking way. Not to cut anyway. you out, and I, you might have said this, but I, I just want to dig into this a little bit. Yeah. Exactly. What is like? What is your track goal? Like, what time you trying to hit the same time you hit when you was in college? Okay, I'm gonna explain it really quick. I'll tell my story in like two seconds. Go. A little longer than two seconds. Yeah. I did not. I was not a good sprinter in middle school. I was getting dusted. Mm -hmm. Did football. Uh, it fizzled out because of injuries and not doing well. I turned a track. I ended yep. up driving myself. Like as hard as anyone, like I would bet that I worked harder than anyone my mm -hmm. senior year and it paid off. I was a state champion. I got a scholarship. I went to school for it. Yeah. At that point I had arrived because I had got my goal and I was just mm -hmm. assuming that the coaches were going to carry me from there. Yeah. That, okay, they're, they're paid to do this. They're going to just take me and I'm not even gonna, like, I'll work hard, but they're going to guide me. Yeah. Well, I went to a smaller D1 where they didn't really do that kind of stuff. Like there mm -hmm. was no nutrition plans. It was figure that out on your own. There was weightlifting programs, but it was like, take care of your body in your own time. There was like all that kind of stuff to where when I was around like the positive leaders of the team, I was doing better. But as soon as I got it in my own and I was supposed to be a leader, I wasn't doing the things that I needed to do to take care of my body. And I wasn't doing the things needed to do to get faster and better and, yeah. and keep myself like in shape for that. I mm -hmm. was just showing up and doing the workouts getting my ass kicked by the workouts because they are hard as hell. Like these track workouts, man, I'm telling you, like I was, I was like on the verge. It felt like I was on the verge of death, like all the time. And I'm not trying to exaggerate. I would be laying there for like 10 minutes, like just like, like saying, I hate this because yeah. it was that hard. Yeah. But then you obviously get over that an hour later, you feel great. Cause you're like, Oh yeah, I'm in unbelievable shape right now. I, I look great. I feel great. This is totally worth it. But then it's like, okay, time to cool down the body and take care of it. Didn't do that very well. Okay, let's fix the diet. Didn't do that very well. 
Let's okay, eat breakfast. Didn't do that. Let's go to bed on time and get like that eight hours that you need because your body needs it because you just worked your ass off. Yep. Didn't do that. Mm-hmm. So then it's like it's not even that hard once you analyze it. I didn't sleep well. I didn't eat well. I didn't take care of my body well. I blamed the coaches. I had a bad attitude. See, it's like it's all there. Like I know it so well and I'm taking it on and I'm going, I'm going to fix this. I'm going to get on a diet. I'm going to get on a routine. I'm yeah. going to fix all these things and I'm going to go prove that I don't need coaches or a college track program mm-hmm. or anything to, to beat the person that I wanted to beat. Yeah. And that person was holding me back and they're not going to hold me back anymore. So I'm going to go prove that. So that's the big thing. Boom. What's the number? 10-6-A is my 100 time that I ran in high school that I'd never beat. I just want to go beat that. And if I can beat that once, if I can run 10-6-7, I don't care. (laughs) I just, I got to go beat it. Okay. Talking track terms, make sure it's not wind dated because that that plays a part. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I just want to go beat my high school 100 meter time. And I'll probably try to do the 202 and try to beat that as well. Mm -hmm. But mostly my goal is just to beat that 100 time. And... At the end of the day, if I can just get in shape and get to the point where I'm running times around that, it's like I've already achieved my goal, which is push myself to that level without anyone else. Someone, no, no one like it's not my dad saying you need to push yourself. It's not mm-hmm. my friend saying like you need to get in shape. It's not my girlfriend saying I want you to look better. It is me saying I need to do this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. How long does it take or will it take? Will you take? to before you test but what kind this of is, how long is this training we talking six months it's longer two months eight months it's longer it's over a, a year. year over a year so okay i will explain it quickly um basically when you're training to be a high level sprinter and sprint week in and week out and be able to have the ability to do that yeah. I, I could do a quick train and try to get up to the point where in like three months four months five months time i can run good times yeah. But my body won't be able to be like that. It's very risky to try to do that because I would be going from not sprinting right now to trying mm-hmm. to go and push my body as hard as I possibly can in injury. not that much time. That yeah. the injury potential from powerlifting and sprinting is through the roof. Fact. So I got to kind of take a red shirt season where I build up for for a certain amount of months where it's like very easy at first Mm -hmm. and I'm building like the muscle endurance to be able to handle hard workouts. So it's not putting crazy strain on my joints and stuff. It's just building a base, like a true foundation. That's why so many people have red shirt seasons when they get to college, you have to do that. So I'm going to redo that and build it up. And I'm going to, I'm going to time myself in like in the spring and see where I'm at, but it's, that's not the end. It's a year from then 2022 when it's like attack season, go all out, and this is everything's on the line. Yeah, and we'll, we'll see from there. We'll see if I still want to do it at that point after that season. I don't know if you want to go here, but I got one more question. Okay, what does that first phase say? What What do those first three to six months look like for you? It is a mentality shift. So what I'm trying to do right now is I'm trying to do all the stuff that like when you're recovering from injuries. And stuff which is like the rehab exercises it's the stuff that like is so monotonous and boring yeah. that you're just like why am i doing this but it's like i have to re-strengthen all the areas that now from sitting so much every day and mm-hmm. not doing much workouts mm-hmm. that it has to be get back to where it What's was that? hips back hips shoulders because my shoulders i have really bad posture um mm-hmm. knees ankles mm-hmm. feet uh just hamstring strength hamstring flexibility yeah, yeah back strength um, core, core strength yeah, yeah, and core, core flexibility. Sure. Yep. Core is the most important part by far. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, so the three to six months, it is more of a mentality shift and coming at it with like a, like I eat, breathe and sleep this shit. And like, mm. let's go attack this. Yeah. And, and like building off of that. So it's, it's less about how hard the work load is mm -hmm. and more about like getting myself to commit to a process. Man, that I think sense. that shit is dope. Like, dude, I think I'm interested and I think the audience will be interested too. Like as you go through this, no pressure to spit out nothing now, but yeah. as you go through this, like just like what your regimen is looking like and how your progress is coming. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? As far as building your foundation and doing all that, because it's a, a whole bunch of people that some of this stuff could probably apply to who are former athletes who want to get back into it. And, yeah. you know, one of the things that happened, you probably know this from your friends, it's definitely happened with my friends and me too. You jump back in and you feel great for a while and then yeah. boom, the injury and, comes. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So it's just I, interesting. That's why I'm asking all these damn questions. No, dude, you have me. So this is something I thought about. Mm -hmm. Um, I just haven't like I didn't I just want didn't want to just randomly bring it up, but it just happened to like flow right into this. Yeah, I could make an Instagram page where I just start where I'm like uploading what I'm doing, like like updating what I'm doing, yeah. and it can slowly build. And I give progress updates and stuff. And it's not to like, it's like I wouldn't even get on. It. I would get on it just to post, and then that's it. Like I don't want to be on social media for like. The wrong reasons i want to do it if, if that's if people want to see that and they want to see progress as kind of like that inspirational thing to like okay we're all doing this together yeah. I, I'll, i'm down to do that so if people are watching this and they are interested enough to see that like at the bare minimum see my progress throughout this training session i'm about to go through this time yeah uh just hit it down below in the comments and say sure. say like yeah, KTL, make it i want to see that man put the pressure on him i want to see what you know what i'm saying I yeah see how this i, I goes, like that bro. You know what I'm saying? I think that's dope. But um, yeah, man. Yeah. Anything else, bro? I think that's a good way to end. I think maybe you can mention this in the intro, but I think the next episode is a and A. I think it's that month point. Okay. So people can leave questions down below. I realize that a lot of people probably didn't get to this point in the podcast. So yeah, I'll say this at the beginning. But yeah, leave your questions down below for a for our next podcast. We'll answer as many questions and get into a nice flow like we did last Q and A. For sure, for sure. All right, man. Cool. That's going to do it for episode nine. Nine or ten. <laughs> <laughs> we lose the count. That's good. That means we, we've been consistent. We're rolling. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So thank you all for watching once again. Uh, don't forget to click the thumbs up button if you're watching on YouTube. Don't forget to rate us if y'all are listening on any of the podcast networks. Other than that, though, we're going to holler at y'all next time. Peace. Peace.